Hi, it's Mark Wasserman. Welcome to a special edition of the Ska Boom podcast, which is the audio companion to my book, Ska Boom, an American Ska and Reggae Oral History. I was very sad to hear that Astro, the vocalist and DJ for UB40, and later the splinter group UB40 featuring Ali and Astro, passed away at the age of 64 on Saturday, November 6th. This episode is a tribute to him and the iconic role he and UB40 have played in popularizing reggae around the world. Astro, born Terrence Wilson, got his nickname as a kid because he wore a pair of Dr. Martin's boots with the model name Astronaut. Fortunately, no one called me Astronaut because it is rather a mouthful. So they shortened it to Astro, and it has stuck ever since, he explained in a 2016 interview. Sadly, Astro, who toasted and chatted over some of the band's best-known tracks, is the second member of the band to pass away in 2021. Saxophonist Brian Travers died from a long battle with cancer in August. In a year that I lost my mother, I felt despair each time I hear the news that a musical hero of mine has passed. So many of them served as surrogate family members to me when I was a teen. The small emotional reprieve I feel with each passing of these notable musicians is that their creative energy will live on through the amazing and timeless music that they've created. As rock critic Robert Christgau wrote in his review of UB40's debut Signing Off in 1980, eight black and whites from Birmingham who named themselves after the dole card they know so well, they don't play no ska, they're songsmiths in a deep reggae groove. Like good reggae heads and unlike punk mod ska speeders, they take their time instead of pressing on to the next one. And though more than one instrumental outwears its welcome, But when they're singing, Tyler is guilty, or King, where are your people now, or I'm a British subject, not proud of it, or guess who, Madame Medusa, patience is rewarded. Origins of Birmingham's UB40 can be traced back to a fight lead vocalist Ali Campbell found himself in at a pub on his 17th birthday. Campbell, son of folk singer Ian Campbell, was hit by a glass on the left side of his face and had to have 90 stitches. In return, he received a hefty compensation package for his injuries. Rather than spend it on himself, he decided to buy new instruments to kit out his friends and fledgling bandmates, bassist Earl Falconer, and drummer James Brown. In mid-1978, the group began rehearsing popular charting reggae songs, along with a few original compositions. They were soon joined by friends Yomi Babayeme and Norman Hassan on percussion, Brian Travers on sax, and keyboardist Jimmy Lin. Campbell also invited his brother Robin to join, who after some initial reluctance bought himself a guitar and enlisted in December that same year. The eight-piece then decided to make it an official band and sought inspiration for a suitable name. A friend gave them the suggestion of UB40, named after the unemployment benefit form 40, which resonated with them as they were all unemployed at the time. It also fit with their socialist views informing much of their musical output and their multiracial lineup featuring the children of Windrush-era Jamaican and Irish immigrants 
reflected the working-class Birmingham community that they were brought up in. Their first gig took place in February 1979 at the Hare and Hounds pub in Birmingham for a friend's birthday party. They managed one more gig before the lineup changed, with Baba Yemi, a Nigerian prince, and Lynn leaving and Mickey Virtue taking Lynn's place. A month later, percussionist and vocalist Astro became the newest member to join the band, completing their classic lineup. Astro had previously been honing his chatting skills with Duke Alloy's Birmingham sound system. Initially, Astro's role in the band was to encourage the audience to dance, but he soon became compare and toasted over some of the band's extended tracks, taking on a role that was similarly filled by Neville Staple in the specials, Chaz Smash of Madness, and Ranking Roger of the Beat. Released in August 1980, Signing Off was recorded on a four-track Fostex machine in a bedsit belonging to local musician Bob Lamb. The room was so small that percussionist Norman Hassan played in the garden. You can actually hear the sound of birds and traffic on some tracks. In my humble opinion, Signing Off remains one of the best debut reggae albums ever released, and it had a profound impact on me as a young musician, and I remain a fervent fan of the band, despite their commercial ups and downs. I was inspired by the band's politics and world outlook, as well as their multiracial makeup, which was a powerful statement of its own. I was also motivated by their story. A group of school friends decide to start a band. I was also encouraged by the UB40 story because very few of them knew how to play their instruments when they started, and neither did I. That didn't stop them, and it has never deterred me, even though I can't read or write music. I play the bass by ear and have educated myself by listening to hours and hours of music, just the same way they did. I credit the UBs with opening up the whole wide world of reggae for me as a young man. I started with them and graduated to the amazing and diverse sounds of Jamaican reggae. It's funny to think that once upon a time, UB40 were considered every bit as relevant and trend-setting as two-tone bands like The Specials, The Selector, and The Beat. I would actually go as far as to say that Signing Off and Present Arms, their follow-up released in 1981, rival much, if not all, of the two-tone output. The album artwork for Signing Off was a masterstroke of design, famously depicting a replica of the bright yellow unemployment card form from which the band took its name. The title of their debut album also made direct reference to someone moving off of collecting unemployment benefits. Indeed, the band was known to allow anyone carrying their UB40 card into shows for free. Design-wise and marketing-wise, the first album and its tour was on par with anything that Two-Tone did. Rumor has it that Jerry Dammers did approach the band with an offer to record for the label, but he was politely turned down. UB40 dismissed the Two-Tone bands as revivalists. They regarded their own music as more subversive. In fact, it may be difficult for younger listeners to comprehend just how UB40's arrival shook up the British musical scene. They appear just as two-tone had peaked and the UK reggae axis of Steel Pulse, Aswad, and Matumbi was starting to make musical waves. 
UB40 did not fit into either musical camp. Their rhythms may have been inspired by Jamaican reggae and ska, but they had such an original take on the genre that all comparisons were moot. Even their appearance on the singles chart was unusual, as they placed three double A-sided singles into the top ten in swift succession before releasing Signing Off. Both sides of their debut single, the Roots rocking indictment of politicians' refusal to relieve famine on Food for Thought, and the dreamy tribute to Martin Luther King, were included on the record. Other standouts include the moody Roots-fired Tyler, which kicks off Signing Off, and is a potent condemnation of the U.S. judicial system, Burden of Shame, which explores the dual tugs of national pride and shame over Britain's oppressive past and present, and their phenomenal cover of Randy Newman's I Think It's Going to Rain Today, which remains a personal favorite. It was inspired by a cover version that the Campbell brothers' father had recorded of the track. The track, Little by Little, was a blatant call for class warfare. Of course, Ali Campbell never raised his voice. He didn't need to. His words were sharp, and the sweeter his delivery, the deeper they cut. Astro finally makes his debut chatting over the stellar jazzy dub of 12 Bar. For a band that initially came across as militant and intimidating, Astro was a nice addition to the mix and a counterpoint to the Campbell Brothers' vocal stylings. And aside from his bouncy chat on the ubiquitous red, red wine and lead on the catchy rat in the kitchen, it may be Astro's contribution to Madame Medusa that came as a separate 12-inch with signing off that is the song that he may be best remembered for. during an interview with The Guardian earlier this year, we did Madame Medusa about Thatcher and it got played on the radio because DJs didn't know what we were talking about. Whereas the beat got banned for Stand Down Margaret and got lauded for it. We were trying to be a bit cleverer than that. Almost 13 minutes long, Madame Medusa, an indictment of Margaret Thatcher, opens with an organ bubble, distant percussion, a killer bass line, before Ali Campbell intones, from the land of shadows comes a dreadful sight, a lady with a marble smile, spirit of the night. Brian Travers answers every line with a heavily reverbed sax. 
Controlled fury and bitter wordplay that must have made Peter Tosh proud, the band dissect Maggie mercilessly. Allie Campbell's mournful vocal contrasting with Astro's frenzied toasting. Run for your life before she eat you alive. Move out the way because you're blocking out the day. explained in the Guardian interview that he was radicalized in part by the Sus Law, which allowed police in the UK to arrest people on the grounds of acting suspiciously, or as some have described it, walking while black. It was a weekly occurrence, he said. We found it harder to write love songs and militant lyrics because it was a lot easier to write about stuff you had witnessed or read about seemed natural to us. I distinctly remember scrawling the lyrics to Madame Medusa on a desk in the Rutgers University Library as a small form of political protest during the South African divestment protests of the mid-80s. That song and others the band recorded prompted the British spy agency MI5 to put UB40 under surveillance. In 1997, an MI5 whistleblower claimed that spies spent years spying on the band because they thought they were communists who wanted to overthrow the government. Imagine that. Knock her right on and then she bones right back. Hey! She gone off her head and got to shoot her dead. Run for your life before she eat you alive. Move over week cause you're blocking on the day. Hey! Move over week cause you're blocking on the day. Run for your life before she eat you alive. and Astro in particular have always meant a lot to me personally. I still have an autographed AM Records promo press photo of the band from the early 80s. I still consider the picture a prized possession, 
and the band were mentors to me during a very formative period of my life. I listened to their first four albums, Signing Off, Present Arms, UB44, and Labor of Love constantly and absorbed an education in British reggae music and concepts of social justice and songs like Tyler, Burden of Shame, Present Arms, One in Ten, I Won't Close My Eyes, and The Earth Dies Screaming that molded me in very important ways. I was lucky enough to meet members of UB40 at an A&M Records press event for college radio DJs in New York City in 1985, where I was given that press photo. Astro, Jim Brown, Robin Campbell, and Norman Hassan greeted the 15 or so people in attendance, previewed their new album, Jeffrey Morgan, and then autographed press photos for everyone in the room. Being in close proximity to the band and hearing new tracks like If It Happens Again and As Always You Were Wrong Again was energizing, and I remember feeling more excited than I ever had about anything in my life up to that point. After leaving the press event, I saw Astro and Robin Campbell outside the A&M Records offices. They were admiring Rolex watches that were displayed in a high-end jewelry store. As I debated approaching them to tell them how much I loved their music, Astro caught a glimpse of me and recognizing me from the event, waved me over and asked me which watch I thought he should buy. I pointed at one without thinking and he laughed, saying I had good taste. He then asked me my name and said he would put me on the guest list for the show that night at the Beacon Theater. I couldn't believe it. True to his word, my name was on the guest list. It's a show I'll never forget. Thank you, Astro, for helping to create such amazing music and for having such a huge impact on me and so many others. Rest in peace. Thanks for listening and take care.